Uh, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Zealous State of Mind podcast. You're the Guru of Gaming, also part of the West West Network. Uh, today's guest is a professional basketball player. Uh, played four years at the University of Hawaii. She's a tall firm, proud mother of one, and uh, <laughs> all-around family person. Welcome to the show, Ashley Karaitiana. Thank you. Happy to be here. So a little shout-out to our mutual friend, Penina, for connecting us. I was like, um, asking if <laughs> some of uh, her teammates, and she, she said to get you on. So thanks for your time, and I know you're busy with your, your family, so I really appreciate it. But yeah, I was doing some, <laughs> doing some research and yeah, it was a pretty cool story, of, you know, playing in the States and, um, you know, representing New Zealand and, and whatnot. But yeah, yeah. Tell us a little, yeah, a little bit how you got into basketball and, you know, like, was it a forced thing or <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, how, yeah, just how you got into it and a little bit about your journey. Um, yeah, so I pretty much grew up around the sport. Both my parents played. Um, I know that dad, I can't remember everything with his coaching, but um, dad did go to church college. He was in the A1s, um, played for Waikato, and then obviously did some more coaching after that. But they didn't really force me into the game. I didn't start playing until I was 10. Um, grew up over here in Australia, um, which I think was probably the best thing for my basketball, just that probably how advanced they've been compared to basketball back in New Zealand. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to have my first rep coach. Um, he's a very well-known coach, coach, Australia, New Zealand, Great Britain. Um, wow. his name's Tomar. So he was my under 12s coach. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and then back then, um, I hadn't started playing on Sundays cause I'm, um, a Mormon, but. Yeah, that was so. From there on, then I decided to play on Sundays because that was the best comp over here in Australia to play in. So I made that decision early and young, and yeah, just went off from there. Um, yeah. Grew up in Sydney, so I played for Sydney Comets and then made all the state teams. Um, from there, I was able to make the junior Australian team, um, which again was a hard decision. I had to choose <laughs> between New Zealand and Australia, but it was purely business to me at that point, and I knew that, like, in terms of basketball, I thought a junior Australia pathway was the best way for me at the time. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I did all that. Um, I was able to go to two world championships with the under-19 Australian team. Um, I was also at the Australian Institute of Sport, which is now currently called the um, Centre of Excellence down in Canberra. Um, yeah, I was able to um, be a part of the Sydney Uni Flames, the WNBL, before I went to college. So I was just a development player, made sure I was on an amateur contract with no money so that it still enabled me to go over to college. Cool, cool. Signed with the University of Hawaii. Um, yeah, I was there for five years. I had to sit out my first year, but very fortunate to be able to play the full four years. And then my last year, I was able to go to the NCAA tournament and make history with the school. They hadn't been since 1998. Nice. So first time in 2016 to go there. And then, yeah, I love I loved my college experience. Um, after college came back, my family had moved up to Brisbane. So didn't have much choice there, went to Brisbane. Um, <laughs> Found some teams in Brisbane, played WNBL for a couple of years with the Bendigo Spirit. Um, 
and then yeah I was kind of moving somewhere every six months playing with different teams um but yes and then I I met the love of my life um (laughs) (laughs) we ended up getting pregnant and yeah we've kind of just settled in Brisbane so haven't been able to move too much around but um yeah I had to make the decision in what year was it 2018 I was having conversations with Guy Malloy um, making sure that I was very keen to make the transition over to New Zealand we had to do a big case but in the end because he had my back and he believed in me as a player and I knew that he wanted me um, to play I I put my foot forward and I was like yes I want to represent New Zealand that's always been a dream of mine um, but I think to have the support from basketball New Zealand and the support staff to be able to help me get through to that um, mm-hmm. yeah the big thing for me so yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back on the court with Tor fans. I was I was quite bummed that we couldn't get back for the camp. But ah, um, yeah. Yeah, we we heard really good things and yeah, all of us girls over here in Australia were killing to be there, but yeah, yeah. glad that they took care of business while they were there. Yeah, that was cool that showcase, eh? That was, that was yeah. A cool initiative, I thought. I thought that was really cool. My man, so you done you've done a lot, eh? Um that's cool. How was the? Uh, how was it when you were like gonna play? Did you play against New Zealand when you played for Australia? Um. Or was it different? Actually, countries? no, I never did. Um, nah, because the tournaments that we made, like I think I only went to one Oceania tournament, but New Zealand wasn't there. But uh-huh. like I did against like Fiji, Samoa, whatnot. But yeah, actually, I never did. I did play against them for um state champs so when they come over for the australian championships yeah so state we did but um no. how was that was that like oh i should be a part of that team or what i was like no nah, i'm gonna smash you guys <laughs> 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 nice i like it i like it yeah i was wondering uh, i thought you played them so i was like wondering how that you know that feeling was playing you know being in the australian team and then and then playing against them but it's good that you didn't have to have to play there. And then I'm also being like a person of faith as well. Like how was that decision to, you know, play on the the Sundays? eh? Like that that would have been pretty big, eh? Because I know that's a big, big call to make, eh? And families and people who have beliefs in that. And it still is today. Like I commend Charmian Mellors. Like still to this day, she will not play on a Sunday. She'll be there to support the team. So I'm currently playing with her now um, in the Queensland State League. Um, and we actually have a game this Sunday against her sisters who all play on Sunday. So she's actually quite bummed that she can't play, but yeah, I think like my parents have never forced me not to play, but I think I appreciate the fact they gave me the option. So at the end of the day, whether I, like we still go to, I still go to church when I can go, but if there's something basketball related, I I go with basketball because I do believe that if I didn't take that opportunity to play on Sundays, I wouldn't be the player that I am and I wouldn't have been able to like grasp all the opportunities that were given because most things are run yeah. through Sundays. So, yeah. Yeah, it's annoying how, um, you know, even when I was coming up playing like sports, how a lot of the rep team stuff is on the Sunday. Yeah, you're like, can't yeah. you just play Friday and Saturdays like everyone else? It's yeah, annoying. Off. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rest day. It's a rest day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, that, no, that's interesting because I know, um, like, with, um, like, a, Ro- a Ronnie and, um, you know, some some of the guys played and Michael Jones not played, and but, they, you know, everyone has a good impact. Um, 
you know, anyway, either way. Yeah. And I yeah. still like, I still believe in everything that um, we're taught through the church, but yeah, I'm just, I'm not there every Sunday, but yeah. I'm there in spirit. That counts. <laughs> I'm quite, um, because sometimes if, but I only play like amateur like stuff, but sometimes if we have stuff on, I can make the morning and then, or like go to the afternoon service, make one or the other. You yeah. know, if it's in the middle of the day, that's pretty yeah, cool sometimes yeah. as well. Or sometimes like, because um, a couple of my relatives play uh, professional sports and we just do something for them like in the evening or in the afternoon yeah. or before they go, like just do like a little uh, family uh, service type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're two or three men in my name, men in you know, his name. So there he will be. So that's pretty cool. All right. Yeah. And then so playing in Australia, um, that, that was good for the development and uh you know your your journey there there's a bit more higher development there yeah I, I would say so and just yeah i guess the experience of the coaches like i've been pretty fortunate with the amount of um coaches with the resumes that they have and the iqs um but yeah i've been able to learn a lot um and i guess there's more opportunities um like i know that basketball australia cover a lot of costs so we're not out of pocket as much whereas right, i know that right in New Zealand there's normally the kids that can afford it get to go and not the ones that are necessarily the best players so it's quite expensive eh yeah, yeah. and camps. I didn't that growing up but I know now because mum and dad made sure I I realized how much money they had to spend on me but <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because there's all these like camps and shoes and uh all sorts of stuff eh yeah it just builds up and the like yeah. Doesn't seem like a lot at the time, but yeah, it's just bill on top of bill. And the coach you got uh, lucky with was he was he already named like um, well known at that stage, or was it more later on in his career? The one that you got when you were ten or twelve. Uh, no, he was he like he had already represented um, the Australian Opals at that time, um, and then his wife also played for the Australian Opals. But I think he also ended up coaching because his daughter was on the team as well. Yeah, so yeah. I wanted to obviously help her develop, but yeah, there were a few of us that were members, and yeah, we ended up playing just because he was the coach. And then yeah, he ended up coaching Torfans and then Great Britain, and I think he coached China too. So, all right, yeah. Did, did some of the other girls from your team kick on as well? Yeah, well, I think now I'm probably the only one still playing at a high level, but yeah, at the time. Yeah, we were yeah. all pretty stoked and had goals to get somewhere. Yeah. And your your parents, they were obviously in the sport and very supportive. That, that was obviously a big big part of the, the whole journey. Yeah. Yeah. And not just my parents, my extended family of all growing up around basketball. So, I mean, basketball wasn't the only sport I played. I did play um, a little bit of softball and netball, which I did enjoy. But, yeah, basketball is just my bread and butter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always thought that there's more opportunities in basketball. Yeah. And I just, I love the team environment. I love the fact that you're able to meet people and make lifelong friends. Um, but yeah, it definitely can take you in different directions and you're still able to succeed out of that. Yeah. Did your uh, family like real competitive and get you to training like uh, early on, like, um, you know, your own, own training, you know, extras and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. extra shooting. Um, pretty much any extra program that there was um, within the state, 
I got signed up to whether I wanted to do it or not. Um, yeah, yeah. I hated it, but like at the end of the day, I knew that I was going to get better by going to these things. And I know that people would kill to be in those positions. So I knew that I had to take every opportunity that I had to get better. And yeah. Hmm. Cause now, cause I coach, uh, uh, our junior on the 15s basketball team at Avondale. And now I just, I just hope, hope that they hear this stuff, you know, they're going to put in extras, you know? Yeah. You have to though. <laughs> you can't like, just rely on the team trainings, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like some people think. Yeah. You got to, yeah, you got to, because if it's lockdown now and like, I'm, I'm trying to message them, like, you got to still put in work, like you're, you're going to play this week and stuff. Cause we had a f- three games and then, then it's been like, um, you know, the break obviously cause of lockdown, yeah. but I'm like still train like you're playing, you know, cause once it yeah. breaks down, you're going to be playing and then you don't want to be like out of shape and, you know, out of touch of the ball and, you know, lose your feel for it, you know? Yeah. I hate yeah. going back on. Like, I mean, as much as I love having a break, but like, it's not worth the losing your fitness over kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you and your, your siblings, you got siblings as well. You guys train together or against each other in that? Um, yeah, against my brother. So I'm 28, my brother's 26. The next one's 14 and then 10. So those two don't count. But <laughs> yeah, we're pretty competitive in everything that we do. Um, he he thinks he's a better shooter than me, but he's not. <laughs> nah, we have, yeah, we have lots of shootouts and yeah, we're pretty competitive, but still very humble. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like our whole family's pretty, like, I still to this day don't think I'm as good as people say I am, but I'll always work hard and, like, give my best effort, so. Hmm. Did you, was playing professional basketball, like, always a dream, or did you sort of fall into it, something, or did you have other pursuits mm-hmm. that you wanted? Um, so, yeah, I definitely wanted to be able to go somewhere with basketball, especially with all the time that I've put in since the age of 10. Um, and then I knew I was able to make money off it. Um, but while I was at college, I studied travel industry management. So I really wanted to get into the airline um, aspects of things. Um, but it kind of doesn't really work with basketball because you have to have that 24-7 availability. So I put that on hold. And then especially with COVID, not having any jobs and having a baby. Um, yeah, it's kind of just continue to push back. But I've been fortunate enough that I've been able to make enough money through basketball. Um, and then I do some extra coaching on the side. Um, but yeah, like I would honestly love to be able to get a full-time job and yeah, just expand my resume, I guess. But basketball will always be number one. And that yeah, will, yeah. Yeah. So, I'll keep going until I can't go anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Just try to, uh, you know, make the most of your, your time and your athleticism and everything like that. Eh? Try to make yeah. a full-time uh, living out of the way because I've got a daughter and, and another one on the way and I was trying to look at sports where you could make a living and basketball was one of the few way eh? if I mean without lockdown and everything is that right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean it's Obviously, fun as well it depends how good you are and what coaches yeah. see and the potential that you could have but yeah I'm definitely a person that's about working hard and putting in the work to get to places otherwise like you could be the most talented in the world, but if you're not working, like yeah. that's such a waste. I, I find that's a waste. I was like, you could be so much better, but you just want to settle for down here. Yeah. And it's like kids would kill to have that talent, 
and they're probably the ones that are working hard that may never even be able to get to that level of talent, but you're just sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Would you uh, feel that you're talented or you're more of a work hard type of player? Um, I think, um, yeah, I'm a bit of both. Um, even if I don't want to be at training, I'm still going to go hard. Like I'm not going to waste other people's time by coaching me or helping other people. Like, I'm going to give you like a hundred percent of my effort and I'm going to try to get better every session. Yeah. Mean, mean. How, and talk us through your journey through uh, going to Hawaii. Like how did that all come about? Um, so yeah, I got a, I got quite a few phone calls. That actually, the best school I got a phone call from was actually Duke. Mean. Um, yeah, right. yeah. But I don't know what it was. I went on my visit to Hawaii and, Pretty much as soon as I stepped off the plane before we even did anything, I was like, like, this is, this is the place for me, I think. Yeah. Um, and the trip, I was there for their senior night. So I got to experience what happens at the end of the four years. And um, yeah, it was really emotional because their key song they play is Somewhere Over the Rainbow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm pretty emotional. And I, was, I started crying. I was like, I don't even know these people. But like, yeah, it was really cool. And like they won. So just the whole atmosphere was great. And um, I think just knowing that Hawaii is close to home and it has that home feel, I didn't get homesick at all. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just, my dad was very keen on Duke, but then once he came with me on the visit, he was like, yeah, I think you're going to be good here. So. Yeah. Oh, like, cool. <laughs> it was meant to be, eh? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah, it does sort of have that, uh, you know, the island, uh, you know, it's an island, so it has a New Zealand type of feel somewhat, yeah. eh? Yeah. Yeah, you feel pretty at home. And how, how was that journey? You did five years there, you know, you did your studies and playing ball and stuff. There were some good times? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, the coaches I was recruited by were actually, like, go after my first year. And then we got new coaches in who were, um, she's still there, actually, Coach Laura Beeman. She, before that, she was at USC as an assistant coach. And then I think she had done some experience through the WNBA. Um, I mean, at first, I was like, oh, who's this lady? Like, do I want <laughs> this lady or should I go somewhere else? Because I wanted to go there also because of the coaches and the feel that they had. And I knew that they were like the same family oriented like I am. Um, but yeah, she was very business orientated. So I was like, I'll just try this first year, see how I go. Um, but then, yeah, I, I grew to love her and knew that she wanted what's best for the program and she just wanted us to excel at the sport and, um, yeah, hopefully make history with the school, which we did in the last year, but every year we kept making it a step, a game extra. Yeah. And we just couldn't get it. And then when I got my last year, um, I was like, I'm not, not going to the NCAA. Like we're doing everything in our power to get there because, yeah, that was that was my last goal for college, and yeah, we didn't we didn't win the first game because we were up against uh, who did we play UCLA, but right. like the fact to be able to be in the NCAA tournament on the big stage and yeah, yeah it was it was the experience was amazing. Those are uh, March Madness sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, the start of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Round, that's the coolest time, eh? <laughs> It's, uh, I love it. Eh? I was in the States one year for that. Um, hey, man, it was crazy. Eh? It was so much fun with the brackets and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, everyone gets right into it. Eh? 
Yeah, like and Larrick and the students are the craziest ones. The yeah. ones that don't play. But yeah, that's all. <laughs> Man, so tell us about your like um balancing your, you know, your studies and and your training and that. What what does your training look like? Because 'Cause I'm I'm a big um strength conditioning guy. Yeah, how was your training schedule? Um, so we had three weight sessions a week, which would be in the mornings. Um, Monday was generally pretty heavy. Wednesday was medium because we normally had games Thursday, Saturday. Yeah. Um, Friday would be more of a recovery light session. Um, we trained pretty much. So within the school, we only were technically had to have one day off a week. Right. So normally that would be Sundays our day off. A travel day is considered a day off, which is cucker, but it technically is a day off. So, yeah, we would train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday's game, Friday train to Saturday's game, and then Sunday off. And trainings were anywhere from two to three hours. All right. And so then, obviously, be... if you wanted to do extra, you, you call up one of the coaches, get in like an hour, a 45 to an hour shooting or any sort of individual session that you were wanting to do. Yeah, with that. Uh, so you do the all three gym sessions, and then like your basketball focused stuff with your team, and that that'll be every day sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's three days okay. in the gym, and then f- five days on the court type of thing. Yeah, and then like obviously during the summer before school, like that's totally different. That's more strength and conditioning. Well, actually, a lot of conditioning because most of the time kids are coming back out of shape. Um, and then you can't do team trainings at the time. So it's three one hour group sessions. Yeah. But yeah, summer's probably the hardest out of all of it, but it gets you into the shape you need to be in. For yeah. sure. Cause they have rules about not like training, uh, with the, with the team, eh? Like, yeah. With, yeah. And you're going to allow like two hours on court, three hours in the gym. Like they're real pedantic about it. Yeah. But you can do your own stuff, eh? Yeah, yeah. Just not with the team or on, on the campus yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, so we would always do extra pickup just so that we're running up and down the floor. But, yeah, the coaches just can't be in there. Yeah. And how was the, like, living away from your family and all that? Those all good or did they come visit here and there? No, yeah, I was pretty good. I'm pretty independent for a person who really loves family. But I was able to um, – I found out that I actually had a lot of family on the other side of the island, which is where oh. the temple is as well. Um, but that's where BYU Hawaii was. Yeah, yeah. So if I did have a break, I'd go drive out there and yeah, spend that, time with my family out there. Yeah, I've got my wife's family from out there, Laie and that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Pounders that, Beach. That is the chillest place ever. Like, yeah, yeah. That's where yeah, we that stayed when we went. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then dad flew over every single year <laughs> um, and it would be his birthday weekend which was in november and fortunately enough we always had a tournament on so he was able to catch at least three games when he came over yeah uh, that's yeah. cool that is. and uh was there like other kiwis there or now you just sort of made your own friends and with your basketball team and that eh? um yeah we ended up having a couple that came over but then they ended up going back home because they just decided it wasn't for them um yeah. Morgan Roberts or Morgan Illy now, Shay's wife. Yeah. Um, and we were actually roomies for a bit. And yeah, I loved her. But yeah, she just, she didn't love it at that school. And that's fine. 
there's yeah. certain schools that aren't for everybody. College isn't for everybody. Um, yeah. And the other one was Brianna Jones. She came no, yeah, and then I guess same thing. Didn't love it, but then she ended up going home and studying what she actually wanted to study because what she wanted wasn't available in the states anyway. Or she had to do extra when she got home, so she just thought, "Go home, get it done now." Yeah, yeah. Um, how much do you think the like the S and C stuff helped, like uh, just in terms of uh, athleticism and um, like I was thinking because I'm. Um, I heard there's like a lot of injuries, like just because of lack of um, lack of that stuff, like, like too much, too much core work and not enough S and C. Is that right? That's yeah, what I've heard. You have to do it, like you. Like, and I need. I strongly believe that every athlete, no matter what sport you do, you should be doing some sort of strength and conditioning. Um, yeah. Obviously, the program should entail everything related to your own sport so what i'm doing for basketball shouldn't be the same as someone for swimming like there's yeah. no way and if that is then the trainer's doing the wrong thing um but yeah it definitely helps for basketball i think the strength stuff is really good yeah obviously in terms of core but being able to handle um strength on the court well i i personally am not super strong in the gym but on the court i can handle my own yeah yeah um, and then conditioning, like, that's a have to as well. And it's hard to do it when you're by yourself, but if you have the right connection, someone can give you something. So during um, lockdown in New Zealand, the initial one, I was there at Panina's house. And, yeah, I made some programs for us because I'm currently studying um, my cert. Oh, I've got my cert three in fitness, but I'm doing my cert four. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. I made some programs for us to do while we are doing that. And she had a... a hill of death by her house so we were running hills and i was like as much as i hate it i know it's gonna pay off and yeah she was the same we just yeah we just wanted to get on that grind together it's mean that you guys get together and push each other and and encourage each other that's cool yeah yeah in hawaii like was there like a spot where you're like man i might settle here like is it that dream place that everybody thinks it is you know when they go on holiday they fall in love with it as a as a traveler, yes. As a player, no. <laughs> we didn't get to see the beach as much as you would think, but like the Hawaii in general is pretty much exactly what the pictures look like. And sometimes pictures are a lie, but no, nah, it's it's beautiful. Um, in my off time or spare time, I'll go on hikes or I'll go find different waterfalls. Like it's just so pretty. Um, but yeah, it's definitely everything people think it is but then obviously there's the locals and areas where tourists wouldn't see and yeah. yeah like they're definitely on like low incomes and there's always something that could be done to help the community more but yeah, yeah. and your you guys so i uh, do well enough in your your youth and junior basketball that you you get offered uh scholarships right eh? so it was all covered yep yeah so yeah. the only thing i paid for would have just been my flights in between each season when i'd come home but yeah the accommodation was covered food was covered well like meals like on campus but if i wanted to go buy other stuff obviously um but yeah everything i needed was yeah covered man how cool is that eh yeah and that's that's the thing i probably missed the most is like everything that we had available to us whereas like once you're out of there like we don't have i don't have access to 
like hydrotherapy and um, recovery stuff and free physio, free massage, like all that stuff, free courts, like the availability to be on the court all the time. Um, yeah, I definitely miss that aspect of it. And I guess it's just not taking it for granted. And I think a lot of athletes realize that once they're out of college, how much we actually had and probably didn't use as much as we should have. Right. But, just in terms of the recovery and, and, and yeah. practicing and everything like that? Yeah, and just knowing how much it actually costs now. <laughs> <laughs> if you try to pay for it yourself and organize it, yeah. it's like, oh, damn, it was that much. Yeah, and the cost just built up. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Massages are expensive, eh? Yeah. Yeah, right, man. I, yeah, I think everybody loves or most people love a good massage but the price eh, is like oh, I don't know <laughs> yeah it's like oh never mind <laughs> yeah save it for my birthday or something like that so, yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, that's cool that all the access you had to all the resources and you know pretty much a professional or student student athlete eh? and, and you did your school yeah. work you did your school work in that as well yeah and then we had like advisors just for the sporting teams um yeah. a whole academic center where you could go to do your studies and we had mandatory study hall for each team yeah. everyone had certain hours depending on their gpa and yeah just it was it was literally the life and as much as like it sucked training pretty much every day like you had everything yeah, yeah yeah i mean it's only a couple of hours eh? like a day i mean it's still hard but if you think about it out of the whole day and then you're, you're pretty good eh? from there right yeah yeah it's, it's just sort of different uh, mindset to have a brother day yeah and then um playing playing professional ball how, how has that been um shift you know from playing college ball and now to professional you know i guess with uh, full-grown ladies now, you know, they've got kids and um, careers and families and different stuff. What's the difference there? Um, yeah, I guess it's, for me, it was less pressure, but knowing I would still, like, I would still try to ball out as much as I could, but, like, I knew I had to perform because that was, that's my job. Like, now I'm getting paid for it. I have to show up every game. Um and do what I can to help the team come successful. But then, yeah, there was, like, some teams that had girls that had full-time jobs and basketball but necessarily weren't getting paid for basketball, whereas some of us were. So it's like we have to be the ones to lead by example and show up and be able to do all those extra things because we weren't the ones with full-time jobs. So, yeah, yeah. if you were doing extra, it was like it's kind of – you're wasting the club's time in a way because they're paying you money to to be successful for the club and for the team and mm -hmm. yeah same thing i guess it just depends on who you are as a person and yeah what kind yeah. of player you be it seems like you've you've handled it pretty well but how do you uh handle the pressure you know you played um college basketball i mean i i mean i follow it so i know there's like man big crowds and you know a lot of Schools are right into it and, you know, even playing professional ball, but there's quite a bit of pressure behind it. And, and I guess being like a scholarship player as well. And yep. then, you know, and ha, ha, yeah. What's your, um, I guess your mental sort of preparation and how do you handle, handle that sort of stuff? Um, for me, it's like, you can only control the controllables. You can only do what you know how to do. And for me, which I think it took us a while 
um, at college as a collective, as a team, was you have to buy in what the coach is trying to process. If you don't buy into what they're doing, then we're not a team, we're not together, and we're not going to achieve that goal that we all want to achieve. Um, but yeah, I personally think like as long as you're doing everything you can do to help the team to move forward and get towards that goal, then you're doing your job. But if you're just on the court just to be on the court and like not giving effort and not doing it for the team, like, cause I'm a big believer that there's no I in team. Yes. You have your, your core players or your better players, but we're still a team and you have to do your job, whether that's your, you're a bench player or a role player and you come on for two minutes in the game. If you're giving everything you've got for that two minutes and keeping that intensity, then you've done your job. So I think, yeah, just knowing what your role is in a team and giving 100% effort and doing everything that you know you can do for the team. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's all good. That's cool. How did, um, did you have to pull people up, like, um, I guess in your last couple of years when you were a junior and senior, in terms of, like, the effort in that? Like, because, you know, you said in that last year, like, we're going to make the tournament. Um, did you have to, um, at any stages, be like, hey, you got to pull your head in, like, with your teammates or, or yeah did you have to have any of those type of conversations oh yeah we had to hold people accountable even if it was conditioning and not making times because every time we didn't make times we had to do it again so it's like we had to push people but then at the same time know how certain people react to the way they're criticized so some people you could yell at and they'll be like okay yep sweet got it but some people you have to talk to in a softer tone otherwise they'll take it the wrong way and probably get upset so it's yeah knowing your teammates knowing how to push them to get better, but then making them realize that it's more than just them. It's for the team and for the betterment of the team. Yeah. yeah talking to you now, like you, you're like a real leader and, um, you know, it seems like you're quite intuitive, uh, you know, if you're basketball and that, what are some of the things that you've done to help uh, cultivate your, your mindset and, you know, your strong mindset and your leadership, you know, in terms of having those soft skills, uh, you know, talking differently to different people. Yeah, like, how have you shaped that, those sort of things? Um, that probably would have started through... Oh, it became more noticeable for me during college because I could see the way some people reacted by the way the coach yelled at people. But, like, then she obviously did the same thing, adjusted how she spoke to people. But, yeah, it was easy to read people. And I think I've continued to read people from then and kind of understanding what individual goals people had and where they're trying to be. Um, this team that I'm currently on in the Queensland State League, um, we have a lot of juniors and that's kind of where I've um, tried to build a lot more on that sort of leadership this year is there's younger girls who haven't been able to have the coaching through their junior years to get to where we are now kind of thing so I've had to break things down for them and explain it just so that they understand so then I get feedback from either their parents or other coaches they're like oh so and so really likes you because of the way like that you explain and how much you know blah 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 and I was like well that's like that's my role as captain for the team is to help the girls learn and help them develop their game so that they're able to get on the court and not be scared but to be mm. confident in what they've got even though it might not be as much as what I've got or what other players in the team have, but if they're giving what they've got and using their skills to the best of their ability, then 
it works out for everybody in the end. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I have a pretty high cue with the game. Um, yeah, and I think communicating has been like a, a big thing I've tried to focus on because that's obviously one of the most important things and not just the game, in life. Like you have to be able to communicate with people. I think the hardest thing in terms of communication for me is confrontation. Um, it makes me really anxious, but like when it's about the business, it has to be done. Um, so yeah, I think um, even like having my partner, he's really good at talking so i think that's definitely helped me be more confident with dealing with that sort of stuff but yeah yeah at the end yeah. of the day i'm i'm a person that just wants to help people be a better version of themselves yeah no it's cool it, yeah it seems like you're really aware of what's going on and paying attention and listening and the tones and body languages all those sorts of type of things and it seems like you've um uh, done really well with getting the best out of your teammates and even yourself but um yeah what's um you know like you guys are pretty much paving a way like you and the other tall foreign girls like was there other ladies that you guys looked up to coming through that you know now the girls the young ones now they have you guys to look up to is it who are some of the people that you guys looked up to um well, I actually had to do some questions for um, New Zealand Hoops, and I said that the greatest women's player in New Zealand is Megan Compain. I actually didn't get to watch a lot of her games, but like I know she's the man. Um, but the ones I did actually get to watch who I really looked up to was um, Noni Faramate and Charmian. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were like probably the ones I liked watching from New Zealand. And then obviously living and growing up in Australia – you had Lauren Jackson, Benny Taylor. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I grew up more watching NBL. I love the breakers. Um, yeah. My godfather's actually Brendan Pongia. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, didn't get to see him a lot, obviously. But, um, yeah, I just – dad dad knew a lot of people and, yeah, been able to meet some of the greats. Um, even yeah, Uncle Piero Cameron – He's over here in the Gold Coast. I actually saw him last night. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah, having having Jody um, as the assistant for the Tall Ferns is awesome. Uh, my family's known her for a long time. Her and my auntie went to church college together. So, yeah, I I know a lot of people probably not in my generation, but like yeah, I've got a lot of role models to look up to in terms of basketball and where they went. Yeah, me, me. Um, what are some of the things you've got going forward, uh, projects? You know, you said you're doing your PT stuff, and um, I guess some things are not quite clear with the COVID stuff, but, yeah, what some um, things you're aiming for, goals, and that uh, moving forward. Yeah, it was just with the whole COVID thing, I've been thinking about doing the programs and stuff, but since COVID and coming back to Australia, my family were like, oh, let's, let's um, set up a gym. So we ended up buying equipment to make a home gym so that we're not paying for memberships yeah. and spending so-and-so amounts. Um, but yeah, and then they've asked me to make them more programs and then like, oh, you're actually pretty good at this. You should like try to yeah. get your certificates. So I was like, oh, yeah, actually, why not? Like, there's nothing else to do. COVID's happening. <laughs> before, so yeah, yeah started studying. Um, so yeah, I've completed my Cert 3, which is group training. Um, and then, yeah, just started Cert 4, which is the PT stuff. Um, 
yeah, for me, that's definitely like just a side side hustle. Um, I also do uh, refereeing. <laughs> yeah. But um, I've actually, I, I enjoy the fact that I've learned how to ref since I was young because then I can understand the game from both perspectives. Right, right, right. And I feel more validated questioning calls or asking ref stuff because, like, I know the rules and what they see and then obviously knowing how to play. But, um, yeah. yeah, my biggest goal is to get into the airlines and actually use my degree. But, yeah. All right, that's cool. That's cool, okay. yeah. But, yeah, like, I love to travel and I've only pretty much travelled for basketball and, like, I haven't been able to travel just because or to go visit places and yeah. see places. Um, but, yeah, I definitely want to get into the travel and then, yeah, use the benefits, go see the yeah. world. It'll, it'll be over before we know it, you know. It'll be a uh, distant memory, you know, and you'll get into yeah. the airline and, and that sort of stuff. But, yeah, it's cool with the um, using your experience from basketball, you know, when you did all your training and that that will cross over really well with your, yeah. um, um, you know, PT and that sort of stuff, eh? Um, yeah yeah it's definitely made it easier and then just knowing yeah going through college and seeing their programs and then WNBL and their programs like it's definitely made me understand a lot and it's made the yeah the whole studying a lot easier yeah all right we're coming down uh final few questions um greatest uh lessons your parents taught you <laughs> I actually asked my mom she was like we've taught you a lot I was like oh thanks <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, just coming, like, because obviously being from back home and um, being, like, Māori descent and growing up in the church and stuff, I think the biggest thing has been um, respecting my elders and just being humble. Um, and I, I, to this day, still do those things. Um, and I'll definitely try my hardest to teach my daughter and hopefully future kids that. Um, but, yeah, always been one to respect elders, even if, even if I know more than them or I think I do, like they're still our elders and they're the boss. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and, and that's why you want to pass on to your do- uh, daughter and, and future kids, God willing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's a big thing growing up. And like it should, I've seen it with most polys. I've seen some question elders. I'm like, what are you doing? And I'll have that. <laughs> Who's your parents? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, when you said your daughter, I just remember I read uh, something that you you played like six weeks after. Is, is that right? After you had your daughter? Yeah, because is that right? Yeah, so I had her last year in May, and I had till September to be ready for um, the Asia Cup with Tall Ferns. So I yeah. was like, oh, I have to get back out there ASAP because like I need to get back into some sort of shape. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was five or six weeks, and. I mean, I only played a minute, but I also had to play to qualify for that team for the finals. So I had to play the remaining whatever games yeah. to qualify. <laughs> so I only played like a minute, but nah, just to be able to get back into training. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so you would have trained like pretty far up in your, your pregnancy or yeah. what, what you could do type of thing, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, favorite, favorite book or, or something you've read? Oh, it's been a while since I've read, but um, the last book I remember reading was called The Power of Now. Um, I forgot the author, but it's pretty much a book or slash guide about day-to-day living um, and then like living in the moment 
and not really focusing on the past or um, future, which I've kind of gone away from. So I might have to actually go find that book and read it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you seem like someone who lives pretty in the, in the present type of person. Yeah. I think just with everything going on and then, um, yeah, like for me, it's like we don't have anything with talk friends until next year, September. And I'm like, oh, can it be next year this time already? Like, I just want yeah. to get back to New Zealand. But um, yeah, I, you can only do what you can now. And for me, that's just training and playing basketball and yeah, just trying to get better every day. Yeah, yeah. Control where you can control, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, favorite quote or saying? Ooh, that was a tough one. I was, I was searching some. I'm a strong believer that everything happens for a reason. Um, whether that's the good stuff or the bad, there's always a reason behind it. And um, yeah, it might not be the right time or you might not feel like it is, but there's always going to be something that comes out of it. And pretty much that's, yeah. So I definitely believe that. And then when it comes to basketball, um, I really love the Michael Jordan quotes. Um, so you have your, uh, what is it? I can accept fail and failure. Everyone fails at something, but I can't accept not trying. Trying, And I'm definitely one of those where I'm going to give 100% in training or in games. If we lose, we lose. But at least I know I did everything I could to, to get to where we got to. Um, and then his other one, which is pretty similar to that, was some people want it to happen. Some people wish it would happen and others make it happen. So it's mm. just, yeah, putting yourself out there, getting it done. And then the last one, sorry, I had a few. So I was like, oh, this is too hard. Um, <laughs> just me, because um, one of my strengths is shooting. Um, I really like the you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So it's like, if, if you're not going to shoot, you're going to miss anyway. But yeah, I've, I've definitely built that mentality, mentality to shoot, continue shooting, even if I'm off, shoot or shoot. So yeah, you just got to keep, keep grinding. Man, I love it. I love it. Those are cool quotes. Those are really cool quotes. <laughs> like them. And uh, just last question is your definition of success. Um, so for me, that one, I was like, I was talking to my partner about it. And the first thing I said was you can't succeed without failing. Like you have to go through failure to be able to know what success is. Um, and then I guess mine goes back to the same thing with the quotes is it's like, it's not just about what you got. It's about what you make of what you got. So if it goes back to that thing I said about talent. If you have all the talent in the world, but you're not doing anything extra, then what are you doing with yourself? Like, it's such a waste. But um, yeah, I just think you have to continue to work and there's always something to improve on, no matter if it's sport or your job or just something you want to be better at. There's always something that you can do to to reach a goal and yeah, just become better at what you do. Nobody's perfect, but you can try to get there. There we have it. Ashley Karai Tiana. Now, I really appreciate those are some uh, awesome answers there. Uh, where can uh, people follow you, see what you're up to, follow the journey? Oh, on Instagram. <laughs> 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 no, yeah, TikTok. TikTok. Follow me. <laughs> 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 no, I'm not even one of those guys. I'm like, how do people get so many followers? <laughs> 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no, thanks, thanks, thanks for your time. I know you're busy with your family. I really appreciate your time and sharing, and there's some awesome insights and, um, yeah, really, really uh, encouraging stuff there and some great stuff about mindset. And, and uh, I think the, um, people get a lot out of it. I really appreciate it. Um, oh, thank, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks to thanks to Pete for giving me the opportunity. Yeah. To. yeah. Uh, thanks for that, and uh, yeah, all the best. Um, whatever happens coming up, uh, I know you'll stay ready, um, controlling what you can control. Yeah. Thanks so, again. Yeah. Thank you.